Hey everybody, welcome to Savvy Talk. And Maha, what do we have for our listeners today? So in August, I went to Australia with Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, and they put together a kind of a two-day deep dive session called GVX, which is the Gary V Experience. And they had a, a handful of entrepreneurs and business people that are coming in for an immersive experience and get very like in-depth deep dives with Gary and everyone that works with his team. So D-Rock and Tyler and Andy, who run his brand, did a whole session. Claude Silver, the Cheat Heart Officer, did a session. They brought in Justin Dry, who does, uh, basically, he's one of Gary's partner on the wine business in Australia. And I did a session about earned media and reputation and storytelling in PR. So this talk is about how to network and gives you the full audio on what took place in Australia over the summer. So before we go into like what were the biggest eye openers in this six months or eight months we've been jamming together, um, and I'll give you a second to think about like the real ahas, I want to just tell everybody why I like the cadence of Claude and Maha and what it actually means because there's always thought to everything. For as much as I don't know even what people are talking about, there is macro thought. If I started a business tomorrow, the two people I would start it with is Maha and Claude out of all the people in my world. Let me tell you why. Businesses to me that are meaningful need to be able to hunt and need to be able to farm. You need to be able to get them and you need to be able to keep them. I value farming even over hunting. Right? Most people value hunting the end. You know, so Claude's world what we started with is farming, right? Nurturing, right? Once you have it, growing it from there. What Maha has shown me out of all, and I've interacted with a lot of people, a lot, and I'm really good at it, but I don't, ironically, and she'll probably go into this, I don't love to hunt, which is a little bit unusual about the way I actually hunt. I hunt by letting people come to me. Um, but Maha in comms, personal brand, and in business development is remarkably strong at hunting. I actually believe, I've never said this to her, even way better than I think she even realizes. So this is a lot of fun for me because I think, as you could tell, and maybe even for some people going into this, uh, intuitively I feel for one to three of you, <laughs> the f- first part of this morning around you know employees was even more valuable than you might have thought it could have been on paper. I think you're about to feel the same thing about comms, uh, biz dev, and personal brand from a little bit of a different way than I do it, which intuitively for a lot of you is going to work even better than the way I do it. And so I'm really excited you're here. Yeah, um, thank you. I mean, one of the things, I've worked with a lot of different in my career, CEOs and and companies and people who drive businesses and, and have impact, the kind of impact that Gary has. And I think... Actually, I did think a lot about this because I, I wanna, I want to, you know, write down in a book some of the different people I've worked with, and I thought about Gary, and it's the first thing that comes to mind is patience. You know, like he's incredibly patient, and he actually makes you think how you can win because you're patient. Like people make mistakes when they they go too fast, 
they stumble and they try to speed up and they're trying too hard and that's when you make mistakes in your business. So Gary's like always like, be patient. I'm like, be patient. I got to set up meetings. We got to go. We got to do this. And he's like, he wants quality over quantity and that there's something to be said for that. Like try to think about your business when you're scaling your business. How can you be more patient with yourself? How can you think about by doing these two things and focusing on them, doing them well versus taking on more than you probably should take at that time, being patient about waiting for the results, being patient about your expectations. Real quick to jump in. So here, again, trying to be very meta with this. So Maha and I meet, we kind of hit it off. We start like having different kinds of conversation and the way we're structured now is Maha's consulting in theory. You know, she's not, you know, and, and as a comms person, and just, again, Maha's a, a better woman than I am. Like she's playing it humble here. Like Eric Schmitz, Katie Couric's, like real people that she's circling with. So what she's used to is a framework where when she gets paid to do PR, let's just call it, let's go very basic, people want results. And you're paying some, people, you know, you're paying somebody 10,000, 20,000, whatever you're paying them a month, you're like, why am I not on the cover of Time Magazine? Where's my interview on the Today Show? Like, and so, and Maha, it was interesting, Maha's smart. So very quickly, she's like, Gary's a little bit different. Like, I, I, Too I was, much freedom. I was like, this is weird. Like, he's not asking for things or telling me what he wants. He's actually letting me you know, do what I do best. And if you think about with your teams, like, are you too much telling them what, like, why do we hire good people? Don't tell them what to do. This is, this is it's super important because yeah, some of you are dealing with this. This is why I'm jumping in. Yeah. I completely flipped it on her. Her stress, I know, her, her stress <laughs> is I want to do this. You know, I start sensing that she's starting to figure me out and she's, and I'm starting to say she's smart and I'm going through the chess moves and like, she's starting to think long term. She's starting to understand, wait a minute, did I catch a totally different tiger than I expected by the tail? I don't want to f*** this up. Mm-hmm. She can sense it. Yes. On a humanity, real legacy, like, like I've played with all these fancy people, is this guy gonna be more fancy than them all? Like That's what I'm sensing. So then you can imagine she's sensing that. So what she then goes into is, I need to provide ROI quickly to show him I'm not a joker, and then I'm countering that with slow the fuck down, do nothing. What? But you understand? Yeah. Like this is very important mm-hmm. because if you're gonna be, if you're gonna build something meaningful, it should be slow and thoughtful. Like I love when entrepreneurs come up to me. They're like, "This is hard." I'm like, "It's supposed to be hard." You have signed up for creating wealth for yourself, not working for anybody else, having full control, like this should be the hardest. And so it was a very interesting first 100 days, but here's where Maha did a great job and this is what you need to look out for. What I, at the same time, and she's a comms professional, biz dev, new business, she's got a lot of things going on, but at the same time, that she's coming in, I'm like, why don't you do comms for my personal brand globally, but I'm inherently so wound into Vayner, right? We hire a new head of comms for all of Vayner, who's a real professional from BBDO, and, I'm, and, and, then, we, and then my team, right? Tyler, D-Rock, Andy, we have my, I, nobody does comms for me. Mm-hmm. I do my own comms. So now she's got a battle on three fronts. She's got anxiety or ambition to prove her value. 
she had the ability after 100 days to pick up on my cues and I watched her be a lot more thoughtful to not creating friction with Harriet but bringing value to Harriet. And it would have been very easy. And Marcus, I'm sure, Claude, you know this. You know, like, Andy, you probably know a little bit of this from Alex and Ty. Like, it was very easy. She was put in a difficult spot. It's hard to, there's no such thing as three cooks in the kitchen. Comms for me and Vayner is me and Harriet for the whole agency and Maha. That's a bad formula. But it's a great formula if you equally are intuitive about somebody and you think there might be something there. I'm already, think about how quickly I'm in a place where she's here. I created such an obvious game that I was able to watch her you know, navigate that. And like all of us, it's not a, nothing's ever 100% perfect, but the intent is. And that's a big deal. And I think for a lot of you, you need to think about what you're doing. Like, there's a lot of thoughtfulness to what you're doing underneath you. That's the theme so far of these first couple hours, it's a big deal. It's how you build, it's, for a lot of you, it is absolutely the place of going from 24 to 240. It really is. It really is. And it's, and it's a humongous requirement on yourself and it is completely foundational on creating lack of fear. It is crazy for me to think about the level of comfort you have now compared to six months ago. And the, com- the lack of comfort was coming from an incredibly good place. Well, it's a new environment, a new culture, a new team, a new legacy that already exists that I'm trying to plug into on multiple fronts. What else stood out? Or like, I don't see it, and wait, actually that did work, or anything that is like a curveball. So the first thing, obviously, was <coughs> the patience, because like understanding, like be patient with yourself and with your business. I think the second thing that really stood out is how you try to bring kind of a certain level of trust and make people feel safe. And that's really, really important with your teams and your business, like making sure that everybody feels safe to say what they think, who feels that they can trust that their conversations, ideas, there's no bad ideas, but you're willing to like listen to them. I think that safety factor in how you handle your team and your people was really obvious to me from the very beginning. What about when I gave the best speech in Sweden? You gave the best speech in Sweden. So Gary gave a talk in Sweden um, about entitlement and said some things that probably weren't very popular. This was a very fancy conference. <laughs> it was How many people were there? Like 240, small. Small group like Obama. Like, yeah. King, Offset, French Montana, <laughs> some artists. Uh, Ted Sarandos from Netflix, uh, CEOs of Snapchat and Twitter. What did you learn from that, if anything? First of all, that you don't, you're there to do what you do. You don't worry about what everyone else is doing. And having that focus is so important that you didn't, we weren't frazzled by the names in the room or the people in the room. You're gonna go and talk about what you really, really believe in. So like speaking your truth, I really felt By the way, when you speak about entitlement to a room of 240, powerful people who are creating incredible entitlement currently to their children and you've never given that talk and you're gonna shoot it improv and you've got 10 minutes when you're used to talking for four hours, it was a really interesting moment. It was really, yeah, and I was nervous for you. I was like, he's gonna go up there and tell people. The other thing too is um, interesting, uh, you know, some of the people in the room didn't know who Gary was. Most. 
quite a bit. And then, it was an international and crowd. Then, and yeah, and then the minute it ended, it was like flock of seagulls. It was like they came in, like swarming. Like I really wish I could have said that, and you know, it just resonated because he says what people think but don't say. And it requires them to look themselves in the mirror and figure out what they're doing. When you play your game, you have the leverage. The reason I asked Maha that question, the reason I wanted to go through his story, the normal move for someone that looks like me in a room like that, which is, let, I'm gonna, let's shoot it very straight, on the bottom of the pecking order in comparison to, like just, it, it was a really hefty room, right? From a, Forget about success or anything that like an ideological kind of like kind of like hefty kind of place. What most people do, mm-hmm. the first time they're invited to something like that, is they're so thirsty to make relationships. Mm-hmm. They add it. They go out of their way to network and take, you know, like they're thirsty. They're in the room, and they they lack patience. They want to meet every. Who they can. What can they get out of all these people in the room? And the re, you know, what was really cool about the talk I decided to give was I thought it was gonna be valuable to that room. Me giving a great marketing talk for 15 minutes that room would have been good for 10 people. Me giving the talk that I gave, even though I'd never given it, and I wasn't sure exactly how I was gonna make it concise within 10 minutes, I knew that I was staying in my lane. I knew there was a truth that I knew that wasn't talked about enough in that room if you know anything about Sweden, in and itself, the structure creates entitlement in a great way. Like Sweden is doing so many things that we could all admire from you know, equal rights and so many great things, but there's an underlining vulnerability. Um, nonetheless, it was a super important kind of like execution and it's kind of what I want for you, which is if you're actually self-aware and you actually know what you're good at, there's no room you can't go in as long as you stay within your lane and most people go into places, some of you, many of you are doing it right now. Your, your, your insecurity has got leverage over your confidence right now and you're positioning yourself amongst 30 and you're like, I'm the 27th person. Like whatever, you know, these games we play with each other. And what I'm trying to invoke right now and inspire is if you stay in your fucking lane instead of, you know, I love when people are like, well, we didn't know anything about business. We just did it. Like that's the, be- me neither. I didn't go to business school. Like, you know, like, you're here. And so, what I did in Sweden a couple weeks ago that I'm proud of and that I believe in and that I want to inspire more people in is I did one thing. There were people talking about climate control. There was all sorts of heady shit. I don't fucking know anything about that. I stayed in my lane. I didn't try to conform into what seemed popular or join in. Mm-hmm. I, wasn't looking for, I wasn't looking for anything from anybody even though everybody there could provide. Everybody, and and that's why I won the leverage of the room, and that's super hard to do, you know. And the only way you can do it is if you play it backwards. The reason nobody usually comes in and wins the leverage in the room as an unknown in the scheme of things is they conform to it instead of it conforming to them. The only way you can get something to conform to you is if you stay very disciplined within your lane. Which leads me, I think, to the third thing I want to tell people about my observations on you is Gary has um, disproportionate ability to, and himself as being the kind of the buck stops with me. Like, 
having everything be on his shoulders and saying, listen, I'm accountable. Like if something fucks up within the organization or the team, I want to be the person that's dealing with the fallout. I want to be the person that's talking to that employee. I want to be the person that fires and hires every person walking in the door. There's that certain level of accountability as an owner and as a CEO that is not common in a lot of uh, organizational structures. They find a lot of different ways to blame, pass blame and do things. And Gary's always like, if you're not willing to do something yourself and put your name on it and, and speak your truth yourself, then you really shouldn't be sitting in that chair. And that is a maturity level from something we talked about earlier, which is I'm a better version of myself today of being fully accountable without creating as much entitlement. And that is a fine line, right? How do you put it all on you but not create entitlement is very tricky. So, you know, that's something I feel stronger at today than five years ago, right? You know, um, yeah, I, honestly, not. I'm gonna let Maha go, but just to end it with that, like, if you really actually believe everything that's going wrong in your company is your fault, you will be super duper more successful. You hired the person that's fing up. Accountability. If it's Rick's fault, you hired Rick. It's, it's the big one. It's the big one. All right, Maha, thank you. Thank you.